Thank you for tuning in to the Maximum Advisor podcast. If you're a growth-minded financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, you're in the right place. Your host, Chip Munn, brings tips and best practices based on his experiences and has guests from financial advisors to industry experts sharing wisdom with one another because we're better together. And now, Chip Munn. Welcome back to Maximum Advisor. I'm your host, Chip Munn, and today we have a special episode. We have uh, a group of experts here who are going to just have a roundtable discussion about the current situation that we're in and how we can change our messaging, pivot to be more kind of into the times and, and to, to rise up in the time that we're in. Uh, I'm joined today by Mike Honorado. He is with Smith Publicity, uh, Wes Gay with Wayfinder, and Bobby Adkins. Bobby is the Director of Marketing with me at the Signature Wealth Group. And so I, I'm excited to have this group put together because um, – yeah, these are unprecedented times. And before I started recording, we were talking about all the different businesses that we know that we've heard of uh, that are uh, making changes, doing new things. And and I think that it's important for us to k- kind of take this opportunity to um, to make a change, to make a shift for what I believe can be a much longer period of good. Um, so Bobby, why don't uh, you kind of start off things, kind of talk to us a little bit about um, kind of as we explore making changes. Why don't, why don't you begin with kind of our overall market uh, marketing kind of strategy? Okay. So I would say, number one, I'm not going to say this is how we should be. I would say this is our stance. This is our opinion. I know that there are varying opinions. Um, on how businesses, how financial advisors should be marketing themselves or showing up in a global crisis. So it's everything's a little touchy and there are definitely different viewpoints here, but this is ours. So, and I think everybody on this call is kind of on the same page there. We are looking at ways not just to stay in business and keep things afloat um, while we're in this crisis while everybody's kind of locked away, working remotely, not able to provide the service that they typically provide for their clients, or at least not be able to deliver that service in the same way. So we really are in kind of a time where we have to figure out who we can serve, how we can serve them, how that looks different than our normal day-to-day. With Signature Wealth and our financial practice, We've really taken a stance that it's time to show up. So I think that there are kind of two two sides of the story right now. In this industry specifically, what I see is you have companies that are really stepping up, really showing up. Like it's, it's hard. All of our clients are business owners or entrepreneurs or retirees, and it's stressful in any of those circumstances. And I think that, again, two different um, types of financial advisors or companies right now. So one is show up, serve your people, inform them every step of the way, over-inform them, be proactive at letting them know 
any solutions you have and really literally show up and talk to them face to face. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we're doing that for our clients. I think that's one side. I think the other side, which I personally think is nearly devastating in, in this industry is the advisors or the companies that say, be quiet, sit down, don't rock the boat, don't scare our clients, don't run out there with information that they may not be asking for right now. And if somebody comes to you scared, then we can be reactive and we can calm them down and we can give them tools that let's just sit down and be quiet and let's ride this thing out. I think that's the worst thing that you can do, whether you're in this industry or, or any other, um, now's the time to show up. So that's our stance. We're showing up and again, we'll dive into kind of the ways that we're doing that. And I would say again, and it may sound a little bit aggressive, but if you're a financial advisor and you're at a company that is telling you to be quiet, don't rock the boat, keep everybody calm and safe, then you should rethink that. You need, then you need to be really figuring out on your own what you as an advisor can do to serve your clients if your company wants stepping up to do it. Um, and I think that's really where the idea for this roundtable with this specific group of people came in today is we, we're stepping up for our clients. We're doing that in a number of ways, but I think that any advisor can be doing it. So if, if your company's not sure how to do it or you're not sure how to do it, we're going to go over some really actionable ways that you can make sure that you are in front of your clients, that you're being proactive and that you're really leading through this crisis instead of taking a back seat and waiting for it to be over so you can show back up to work. So Wes, you know, we have, so full disclosure, Wes and I have worked together now for years. We met in the uh, story brand by Donald Miller, and he, he's a certified guide in, in their uh, process and philosophy. And, uh, you know, Wes, for you, what are some of the things that you're seeing right now in terms of how people are beginning to change their messaging? What, yeah. what is the, the verbiage looking like? What are you seeing that people are able to do to make that change in tone? Uh, we've talked a little bit about how, how dangerous to some extent it can be. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on messaging? Well, to piggyback off what um, Bobby just said, I mean, I think it starts with the posture, right? Like what, what position are you going to take? It's, you know, I can't imagine why, especially with financial advisors, I've, we got several that are clients of ours and we talk about, Hey, you gotta, you gotta start talking more right now. Like you need to move into this role of teacher, kind of this role of, let me help you understand what's going on. Because the reality is, as a financial advisor, for example, they, these people are your clients. They're not Jim Cramer's clients. They're not CNBC's clients. They are your clients. And they need you to step up and explain, okay, today we're recording this on April 21st. On April 20th, Disney stock got downgraded. Oil went to a negative price point, which I don't even understand how that's a thing. But that's another, that's another roundtable, I think. But it's like, they just need, what does this mean, right? They just want people to explain stuff. We've been in a season for the last six weeks where uh, we haven't had much clarity on anything, right? The economy just, it seemed like it vape, you know, 30% of the stock market just seemed to vaporize overnight. Um, everybody went home, schools got canceled. We lost the NBA, we lost the master. Like we just lost a lot of stuff in a really, very short amount of time. And so what's happened is all we've had is this season of uncertainty and people aren't drawn to uncertainty. They're drawn to clarity. And so the companies that are winning right now are the ones who are figure have figured out how to communicate both not only clearly, 
but not in a way that's tone deaf and not in a way that sounds like everybody else. So for example, I am, I live in Atlanta. And when you live in Atlanta, when you get your driver's license, you were required to get a Delta American Express card. It just is kind of the way it is, right? So I'm a Delta diehard and Delta has done an incredible job of navigating this season. Everything from how they've changed their processes to make it easier to, to rebook. They've extended the rebooking into 2021 or 2022. I saw the other day, excuse me, two weeks ago, automatically upgraded everybody's uh, medallion status to be good through next year. So you don't have to try to qualify this year. Like they've done a lot of stuff and they've been really good at the posture of it. One of my favorite examples was about two weeks ago uh, or three weeks ago, I guess now, Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta, they sent out an email. And one of the things they were talking about was the rebooking process. People are calling in a lot of wait times. So now they made it easier on the app and on the website. And he said, as we move into spring and summer, this is a season where a lot of us travel for weddings, for graduations and other important milestones of life. And then he says, as a dad of three grown children and one still in high school, I get it. Right. He communicated with empathy because he pulled back the curtain of a guy who's head of a publicly traded company that's worth billions and billions and billions with 80,000 employees. And he said, I, I get it. Like my kids are grown. I remember what graduations are like. I know what those milestones are like. I know it's important to be there and we can't be there right now. So this is why we're going to try to make it a little easier for you. The companies that are winning are they're communicating with empathy. They're communicating often to Bobby's point to clarity. They're giving a path. Even if like we're out of the season of give me a five year plan. Like a five-day plan would be helpful. Like, what are you just going to do this week? The companies that are doing that to say, okay, what? How do we? How do we just make it through the next five days, ten days, two, three weeks, whatever? And they're giving really clear, practical steps because we are so we're in, we've been in such a void of clarity and such a void of forward. Like, how do we continue to move forward? We got a local donut shop that's run by a married couple. They were both New York City pastry chefs before they came to Atlanta about ten or twelve years ago to open this donut shop. They have been open the entire time. They shut down their dining room. Normally, their drive throughs only open until 930 in the morning. The drive throughs open all day. Their hours are shorter. They're doing way more to keep things clean. But they're actually selling out within two to three hours of opening every day. I mean, kids are at home, and we all just want to commiserate coronavirus with donuts, I guess. We do. We've, we go like <laughs> twice a week now. Oh, they're so good. They have one wrapped in bacon that you dip in maple syrup and butter. It'll, it'll kill you. Um, but they've done a really good job every day or two saying, Hey, we've changed our hours. We're doing this. Like initially before the dining room, before the, or takeout is still open, you can go in, they have spots marked off. They're just telling you what they're doing to accommodate the season. <laughs> so communicate with empathy, give a clear path ahead, and, uh, realize that now is a time for just like, just what's the very next thing that's going to happen. How do we navigate the days ahead? And then we'll get back to a point where we can talk weeks, months, quarters, years ahead. And apologies because that gives me a question. When you this is a short-term but urgent, mm -hmm. timely message that we need to pivot to. Like, what are you going to do now? You yep. need to be thinking about today, tomorrow, yep. the next five days. How do we kind of pivot our message to do that sure. yeah. while not hurting our long-term messaging, branding, and direction? Sure. How do we keep the big picture in mind while pivoting mm -hmm. temporarily? Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to pull the curtain back and I'll tell you what I do for my clients and then people listening to do it themselves. So Bain and company, they are the big consulting firm uh, four years ago or so put this thing out called the elements of the pyramid of value, right? Or if you just Google Bain and company elements of value, there's a B2B version and a B2C version. And the B2C version has like 30 different marketing and messaging approaches that work for B2C. And then there's like 40, I think, for B2B. 
And it's things like on the B2C side, like nostalgia. Nostalgia is an incredibly powerful marketing communications tool, right? Disney is king in nostalgia. ESPN right now with this last dance documentary, Michael Jordan is reigniting the basketball nostalgia because we have no other basketball to do it. So it's things like save time, reduce risk, et cetera. And so when I look at how do you pivot without necessarily sacrificing the overall brand, it's really about how do you reposition your brand right now in the minds of the people you're trying to reach based on what's going on in their world. So for example, like a message about like if your product, if you have a product and your product is really good at increasing efficiency, people don't really care right now that you can save them time, right? Because we all have, we've lost all concept of time. <laughs> Nobody knows what day it is. Everything's Every day is blur's on. day. But instead you could talk about saving money, right? You could talk about reducing risk, eliminating hassle, you could talk about reducing anxiety. Like there's other ways it's you're talking about it through a different lens. So it's still the same brand. It's still the same product. It's still the same service. It's just think about how do we, how can you reposition the way you talk about it so that it's people resonate with it in the moment? Like what I've been telling people the last two weeks is communicate with an awareness of what's going on without having, don't feel like you have to directly acknowledge what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Mike, I'm sure you, your team's doing a ton of this. Like, how do you, I've seen brands do this really well too. They take what they already had in place, like Sure Audio, S H U R E, makes microphones and home audio or like pro audio equipment. Your favorite bands probably use Sure microphones on stage and studios. And they've got, you know, kind of home based versions you can just plug into a USB, USB plug, primarily for the home musician and the podcaster. But in the last two or three weeks, they've pivoted and talked about how, uh, with more of us being on conference calls and video calls like this, better audio quality is a must because it helps you be more productive, stay more focused, et cetera. So they're talking about the need for a better home office audio setup and how it helps you be more focused. And here's, here's our microphones and headphones that are going to help you do that. They never say we understand you're at home because of coronavirus and quarantine and shelter. Mm -hmm. in place. We, we all know that at this point, like just think about though, how you can adapt what you're doing to the situation that people currently find themselves in. And people are going to go, oh, yeah, that actually solves a problem I have right now. And they're going right. to so pivot the, the pain point. So mm -hmm. exactly. every, every audience has a, a list of pain points that your service or your product is a solution for. So what you're saying is maybe the pain point, a different pain point is really highlighted in this time. For it's sure. been uh, something that you have a solution for the whole time, but maybe it's not the main thing that you speak to. So pivot mm -hmm. your pain point. Or I think you also said to kind of choose a different subset so with the microphone situation instead of promoting it to bands and media people they're promoting it to anybody who's working from home so choosing a different subset of their audience and focusing yep. on them for it. It, okay. it all it always comes back to what problems can you solve with what you sell all right if you focus on the problems you solve and think about clearly identifying those you'll always find an audience who needs what you have so speaking of finding an audience, Mike, uh, that's what you and your team specialize in. I, I know that for me, um, you all have, uh, you know, done a wonderful job. Again, Mike and his team at, at Smith Publicity uh, have recently started helping me with my book and, and have already gotten me uh, quite a few placements, but it's all about refining what it is that, at least from my experience, Mike, that's been a big part of what you all did was in dealing with different media outlets is really 
finding what the audience of those groups are and then tailoring the message to that. How, how do we kind of apply this to the notion of increasing our audience, whether that's readers, listeners, viewers, um, to take this message that we're, we're working on and spread it to more people? Yeah, it's a great point, Chip. I think one of the things, one of the challenges is the fact that, um, you know, there's there's a lot more time on everybody's hands, right? So, for example, when we're when we're pitching somebody used to be where, hey, I, you know, I, I, I'm booked up through July or August. Now there's there are windows of time. There are, there are different opportunities. You've also noticed, you know, that it's we have to address what's going on if appropriate. And address why, you know, and, and even to the point of just be human. So I will, when I'm reaching out to the media, I'll say, wishing you, you know, the best during these difficult times. Hope, hope you're all well. Wanted to offer you up this opportunity. It's got to be on point. You can't be pitching, for example, if I'm pitching a business audience, your book, I'm not going to say, since Chip has time now with his children at home, he's feeling like he should be promoting this, right? That's, that's just, it's not authentic to who we are. It's wasting, in my view, the other person's time, right? So it's really... Acknowledge that you know we're human beings first. Get to the pitch and move on. Um, I've also found that media has been far more receptive um, to the idea of of sort of these tangential connections or relations um, mm. because they have they have needs to fill themselves. They have opportunities to fill. Um, after nine eleven, I, I remember I was pitching, uh, and it was a sort of a similar feel in that everybody was very hesitant to not use the tragedy, obviously, but also to, to make a connection. The thing about that was interesting was you could pitch somebody in Chicago or in, in Los Angeles or Seattle or Dallas. They weren't necessarily in the same boat as people who were in the New York area, Washington, D.C. In this case, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody we're pitching in this country and global, frankly, right? So it's, you, you know, recognize that we're all in this situation. And so address that and move on and, 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 and give them what they need. Pain points are crucial. We need to be able to, what, what am I offering your audience? Um, what are the three to five things that they can take away from this and go back to their, their lives or back to their business, whatever that looks like and address. And, and I think if you get into the fluff of it, that's where you lose people. And if you lose somebody now, you're probably not going to get them back anytime soon. So you mentioned the fluff. One of the things that I have found interesting in working with you all already is when you put together the pitch packet, um, there were four or five bullet points. And I've had uh, now multiple outlets ask me specifically, it's one of those things, right, where originally we were kind of brainstorming ideas. And the first two people called and said, I'd like to ask you about the million dollar question that, I mean, and they were reading and all of a sudden it's like, oh, <clears throat> better actually go and, and write out <laughs> answers to these questions because they're going to, they're not calling to ask about generic things. Do you find, Mike, that there are more people, you know, I, I think the media has changed, uh, television media in particular, forever. I, I mean, the, the idea of these four-box conversations uh, is, you know, are they in need now of more content? Is it changing in that way to a point where there is increased opportunity right now for people who are willing to um, put themselves out there? There is. It depends on the, on the medium. So, for example, if you're willing to, to write, which I know we, we have you uh, kept pretty busy um, in writing, 
there is always going to be a home for that original, exclusive, good, strong content, period, no matter what the situation is. And I think we've seen an uptick in that more, frankly, in the last six weeks because of the fact that staffs are spread out, et cetera. Podcasts continue to be a tremendous avenue for it, and that necessarily hasn't changed. We are seeing it on the broadcast side, both local and national, and simply because if you put the TV on, especially on the local side, it's what's happening in your city, in your town, uh, your mayor's press conference, your governor's press conference, you know, those specific things. National, obviously, is the federal response, et cetera. So I think I have seen a bit more of a challenge on the broadcast side. I don't think it's indefinite. I think that will eventually change. We are already seeing you know, some of these stories that are sort of, I call them the comic relief ones, that have nothing to do with the virus, but it's something that could give someone a five, 10, whatever minute segment that is unrelated to anything to sort of get out of it. Um, that's another big thing about is that people are turning off media. They're turning off social media because they're just being inundated with, you know, bad news on a regular basis. If you have children at home, you don't want them seeing that on a repetitive, you know, basis. So we are seeing people turning that off, which I think is really interesting. Um, in this day and age, everybody is so connected people are taking the drastic step to disconnect by design, right? And so uh, that's one area that too, that I think is, is a little more, is different than previous situations. Well, I think it's like this, but that are somewhat related to this. Mm -hmm. I want to throw this out there because I'm, I'm curious. How many folks on the call believe that we've never experienced anything like this? Oh, Two hands up. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to challenge that a little bit because I, I think maybe, at least for me, I, it seems like uh, an area where we can differentiate is to point out the fact that we have dealt with a lot of this stuff before. Um, we've dealt with uh, financial insecurity before we've dealt with uh, most of us have some form of medical issue before we've been isolated or alone or at least i've watched the tv shows where they put themselves out there and, and are isolated alone. we've dealt with a lot of things i, I think that for me and and I, i'm curious uh, of you all can we take a contrarian you, you mentioned wes a teacher's mindset can we take a little bit of a different view and, and and maybe have some conversations with people about that. The fact that they've been through the components of what we're dealing with now, just not all at the same time, which makes it feel an awful lot worse. Wes, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I also think to add in there, like everybody watching this was around in 2008 and nine. I doubt you have any 10 year olds that are financial advisors. If you do, that should be a story, Mike, that you run with. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but the reality is like, everybody remembers 2008, 2009. You know, we remember SARS. We remember H1N1. We remember Ebola. Like I remember our oldest was born in 2014 in the peak of the Ebola kind of chaos. And we're in Atlanta. And if you remember back then, um, mm -hmm. they were bringing the Ebola folks to Atlanta. So everybody was like, this is ground zero. We're all thinking of like, who's patient zero? This is about to be World War, or World War Z, the Brad Pitt movie. We're all going to be zombies and we're all going to die. And they filmed The Walking Dead here. So that doesn't help that narrative. <laughs> but anyways, it, like literally there were how, how many people died in the U.S. because of that? It was like, what, 10 or something? It was very, very small. But even then, I remember when my wife was, uh, went into labor, 
every time I walked back there, I had to answer whether or not I, me or anybody I knew had been to Africa in the last 21 days. And I'm thinking, this is dumb, right? <laughs> this is so dumb. I wanted to, I just wanted to wear a shirt that just said, no, we, we don't know anybody's been to Africa. Just so I didn't have, I just got tired of answering the question. But we've been through all these things. I think the big difference though is we've never been through anything quite like this in the, in our social media, 24 seven fire hydrant of information, fires of information era, right? 2009, eight and nine, when the economy tanked and the house market crashed, Instagram didn't start until 2009. Twitter was only two or three years old. Like, Facebook was just starting to let people other than high school and college students on, right? You were still using Flare. Everybody had Mike, right? It was a different era. I mean, YouTube was only two or three years old. It just wasn't this dominant force. And so we've seen the digital media landscape, the marketing landscape, the the broadcast landscape Mm -hmm. so shift to where now we have never been in any kind of global situation, whether it's a financial one or a viral or health one, where we've been so aware of every piece of information. And the opportunity I think is part of what our opportunity is, whether it's in your own home with your family or with your team or with your clients and customers, it's just helping people identify the feelings they have and they have. And the feelings are overwhelm because again, we see every case, we see every Instagram update, we see every tweet, we see every Facebook post by every healthcare worker and every protester and every government official around the world in real time, all the time. And we are not a species that has evolved to be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. And so I think the opportunity for us is let's be a teacher. Let's explain things. but Let's also be somebody who provides a sense of comfort and say, hey, you know what? Turn your phone off. Go sit outside or watch a movie or just enjoy stuff. Like just disconnect, uh, realizing, yeah, we, like you said, Chip, there's pieces of this, but throw it all into the pot and then add in an overwhelming scoop of social media and constant information. Mm-hmm. And we've never had a dish like this before ever. You know um, the first week or the first couple of days, I think it was around the 12th of mm-hmm. March when, when everything began to turn. I remember because that's when they canceled the NCAA tournament and life's <laughs> been the same since I remember <laughs> we decided that we wanted to send out a communication to our clients uh, we, we work with, as you know, a chip is one of them, you know, 100 or so some odd clients, um, just about what we were, what we were saying, thinking, feeling, etc. And we had a lot of discussion about what that should say, more importantly, what that shouldn't say. And I remember, you know, it was, listen, we're set up to work. Um, we are set up to work remotely, that's not going to change. Uh, we also had to be very genuine to us. And, and one of the things that I was really uh, harping on to the point where I <laughs> It became one of those battles was we can't be, I want to give people confidence that we think there's going to be another side of this, but we can't speak from a position of knowledge because we have no idea how this is going to shake out. Mm. And I think that's the difference in this current situation as opposed to the other ones you mentioned, Chip, is that it just feels like with those previous ones, we sort of saw the, the, the end. We knew it might be a while down the road, but we could see how that could go here you know, we have no idea what this is going to look like. If, you know, if July 1, we're going to be in the same boat or if the fall is going to be different. And so I think that's why this feels feels different. It's because there just isn't an end in sight, no matter what we're, we hear from our local leaders sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that the, the challenge with this one, um, keeping our sanity and keeping our business sense is just the not knowing that end. 
So, Bobby, how, how do we take that into the marketplace? I, I know that um, you know we've made a lot of changes uh, in terms of showing up and um, and reaching out. What, what are some of the ways that an advisor can, uh, assuming they're allowed, um, can make changes? I, I've been telling people that we've gone through, I believe, uh, three or four years of technological innovation mm -hmm. in our practice in the last six weeks. Like we are we're doing stuff now and, and I'm not acting like we're, you know, um, so, uh, so we're not a social media company. We're not a, uh, I believe everybody's a media company, frankly. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we have really done a lot more things, uh, in the last few weeks. And, and a lot of them are things that we didn't do before, didn't know how to do and, um, and, and have really accelerated our learning curve. What, what do you think that, you know, an advisor can do or should be doing, or maybe you just talk about some of the things that we've been doing in this environment to, to reach their clients, to, to do all these things that we've been talking about. Okay, so I think that we've kind of made the, the perfect storm of people on this call to break that down. That's We have the three steps that we need, and we have the three people that can really talk, speak to, to those steps that somebody can do. So first, um, I would say overall, you have to be aware that it's time to show up. You have to be open to showing up and you just have to take action. So what does showing up mean for you, depending on your business for a financial advisor? It means being in front of your clients, letting them see your face, letting them know that you still exist, letting them know that you're not hiding away because you don't want to talk about the ugly stuff that's happening in the markets, or you don't want to scare your clients or, or whatever the situation is. Just, I can't say it enough, just show up. So um, what we have been doing at Signature is kind of, showing up in ways that we can show up from our homes, right? We can't hold a local event downtown. We can't do, you know, the private client meetings that we would typically do. So the way that we're showing up is remotely, but consistently, which I think is also key. We have set dates. We have said we will be here for this every week. At this time, we're just showing up. Even if nobody wants anything or needs anything, let's show up in a virtual room together with our clients, let them see our face, answer any questions they have. If they want to talk about their dog or they want to talk about the crisis or they want to talk about their money, um, we're here for it. Let's just show up. Let's be together and let's talk it out. Sometimes those conversations really are not about accounts and money. Those conversations are about humans, right? Like this is what we're doing. Um, we've had clients show up on webinars that are in their 80s. They are smiling and giddy, so happy just to be able to be in a room with their people, with their financial advisor, with other people in their community. Kind of they're in chat and they're you know, just really just relieved and excited to be there. Um, so it's not about having some kind of big outline of, okay, what different service can I offer or what, how can I talk to them about their account virtually? You'll have one off virtual calls with your clients, I'm sure, where you dig into account information, answer specific questions and, and things like that. That's not what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about is how you can show up for them and just kind of 
be the guide, be the teacher in this situation, let everybody know that everything's okay and make sure that they're informed. Um, so the people on this call are on this call because I, in my opinion, there are three steps that you take. And those steps are number one, pivot your message. Wes is our messaging guy. That's what Wes does. So we've asked Wes to kind of talk to that point specifically, like, hey, Mr. Advisor, you're stuck at home in your office this is what you can do, or hey, financial practice, you need to overhaul your message temporarily for this time that we're in. It's a short time. It's not a, a long-term message, but what can you do now? How should you pivot now? So number one is get your messaging down. Number two is make sure that you have a vehicle for that messaging. So I'll, I'm going to let Wes go first in a second, but then I'll dive back into how you can really push that from a marketing standpoint. Um, how you can have it live somewhere virtually where people can find you and reach you and you can then communicate to them, whether it's a webinar, um, whether you have landing page, whether you have email marketing set up, um, kind of the specifics around the marketing. So messaging, the marketing, and then outreach. I think if you pivot your message and you're right on and it sounds great and you've done everything you need, then you put up a landing page and invite people to a webinar and they start registering and that's great really you're not going to get the eyes that you want on that and you're not going to get in front of your community and the people that need to hear it you'll get in front of your client base but i think also i need a giant billboard to let financial advisors across the country know you aren't just marketing to your clients prospects matter you have to get in front of somebody besides the people who are on your client list and in your database email them all day long but number one you're going to exhaust them and they're not going to pay attention anymore and number two, that's not really building your business. That's, that's nurturing your clients, and it's very different. So when I speak about marketing, I'm speaking about how to get in front of those in your community, other people that you can and should be helping. Show up for those people as well. And that's really where Mike comes in with, how the heck do we do that, and how do we do it right now? So step one, two, and three, and I'm going to then uh, turn it over to Wes. So I think he's going to kind of tell us, if I'm a financial advisor, Wes, yeah. What can I do, like practically right mm -hmm. now, to pivot my message? Sure. So yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing is to to go look at your website and say, is there anything in here that looks or sounds tone deaf? For example, uh, I can't tell you how many websites I've seen in the last six weeks where the head the head hero image is like a big group of people really close. Right. It's like maybe we should switch that out for the for a few more months, right? Just it's it's just a picture, right? We're not adding a constitutional amendment. You, it's easy to change a picture on a website. Just change it, right? What in other times it's like you just think about look at it through fresh eyes or ask somebody to you know ask somebody else say hey look at this is there anything that we're saying here that just sounds tone deaf or sounds totally unaware of what it of what's going on in our world right um and then you know, words on a website are easy to change for the most part and so for example i got to work with a financial advisor in southern california and you know for the shipping through this for the last decade there's been a pretty consistent message message or position that has worked with financial advisors because we've been in a time of prosperity but now in a time of recession and uncertainty we've got to switch so he this guy is actually a former marine so what we said was uh, we kind of pivoted, built the messaging around your, what if you, your, your portfolio should be prepared like a Marine prepares for battle, right? Because that speaks to this moment we're in you got to be prepared. You got to protect, you got to have protection. You got to have contingencies. Like you need somebody building out a plan. So it was a pivot 
that we made on his website and his messaging to say, let's speak to the time, let's speak to the season, when things stabilize again and the market's back up and, you know, the things are some semblance of normal, we can change it again. But right now, the first thing I would suggest is look at all of your marketing cloud or pick your website and say, okay, is there anything here that looks or sounds tone deaf and completely disconnected? Then second thing would be, even if there's not, is there anything in here that speaks to the specific pain points and the specific questions that we hear every day from our current clients? You know, people get, people come to me all the time and I work with clients and say, we don't know what to put on our website. And I'll just usually kick back with, what are the last three questions that people called you and asked you? And they immediately rattle off for 15 minutes the questions and the answers. Like, great, put that on your website. And they're like, it's that simple? Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not rocket surgery, as I think somebody may have said once. Um, it's really not that hard. Think about the questions you're getting every day, because if people are asking you, other people are thinking those and don't know who to ask. So put them on your website, make it a LinkedIn article, make it a blog post. If you're comfortable on video, do a video. You don't have to be in every medium. If you've got somebody on your team who feels comfortable in video, have them be on video. If nobody feels good about video, you don't have to do video. Right? Just put the, put it out there and then say, hey, here's three questions. Here's five questions. Here's 10 things we're hearing often. Here, you know, read it. So look at your... Look at your website, see if there's anything that's tone deaf. Make sure your website addresses the current pain points and the current problems. Um, and then look, and then the next thing is uh, look for ways to be able, look for ways to make, uh, for lack of a better term, marketing investments now that will pay off later. So, for example, right now it's April. Uh, I grew up in Southeast Alabama. And Southeast Alabama is known as the peanut capital of the world. So March and April is, is, is planting season for peanuts and cotton. And so, but you do that now so that in October and November, you have a harvest and you can pick peanuts and then we all can enjoy peanut M&Ms and Reese's trees at Christmas and all that. And then we can have clothes made of cotton. But we have to, we have to plant those seeds now so they pay off later. Now's a great time to make some investments to your point, Bobby, about expanding your audience beyond just your client base. Do a webinar that just says, hey, I'm going to do a webinar every Wednesday, call it your Wednesday webinar. And I'm just going to spend 20 or 30 minutes explaining what's happened in the last five weeks what you should do about it. And then I'm going to open it for Q&A. Or maybe you have office hours once a week where it's an open Zoom call. People can join in and you just, you're going to talk about a topic. You know, what does it mean that oil is the way it is? What does it mean about Disney? Or what does this mean in the market? Or what is this, what should you know about your portfolio? Should you do the paycheck protection? I mean, all that stuff that's relevant to your client. Um, look for ways to make investments in people now that will pay off in Q3, Q4, maybe even Q1 of next year. But it allows you to expand and say, I'm going to serve people who have these problems. Because my guess is there's a lot of advisors, like you said at the beginning of this, Bobby, who are retreating in terms of content and engagement and in marketing. So now's the time for you to expand and advance forward and build your audience. So when those people are ready to switch, yours is going to be who top of mind because in the most difficult season in the last 10 or 15 years, if financially, you were the one who stepped up and helped them navigate through and helped them understand what was going on. I think that's so true. I've said this the other day too, that I really think that as we come out of this, whenever that is, and we kind of are building our way out of a recession, out of a, a crisis, and everybody's trying to get back to kind of a new normal, I really, truly believe that all those people who have financial advisors who aren't calling and checking in on them, who aren't showing up in their community, they're seeing all the, the signature wealth and the people who are doing free community information, doing consistent weekly webinars, giving any kind of kind of hope and um, a sense of calm with proper data and facts, just showing up for their community. 
if I am sitting at home and I haven't seen or heard from my financial advisor and because he doesn't want to scare me away or bother me um, because I could go down a list of all the myths that financial advisors think about their clients, especially in times like this, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, I'm, I'm going to see the guy that's showing up and that's the guy that I'm going to want to be kind of my cheerleader, my teacher, my guide, as far as creating wealth and retirement planning and all that goes. The guy who shows up is the guy who gets my business, period. So I think there's going to be a shift. I think a lot of financial advisors are going to lose clients after this. Um, and I think that a lot of people who truly showed up and served their communities are going to come out ahead. And it doesn't take being salesy or going out and being sleazy and trying to get clients in the middle of a crisis. That's, that's not the case, really. Your business isn't about being salesy and getting clients. It's about showing up and serving. And if you're doing that, I think you're going to really pull ahead. Yeah. I mean, Bobby, what you're saying, I've said this a lot about digital marketing because I live in the marketing world and there have been a lot of knuckleheads uh, to borrow a, a late 90s phrase from Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> a lot of jabronis in the marketing world. And Mike, you've seen this too in the last 10 or 12 years. Everybody who's got a Twitter following is all of a sudden a social media expert. Right. And what we're seeing in marketing is I think the same thing is going to be true in a lot of industries, particularly service industries, which is a pruning season where there's there's cutbacks, right? It pruning hurts. We trim things back, but we have to do that for their for growth to happen. And some people were dead trees anyway, and some businesses were dead trees anyway because they were focused on all the wrong things. But if you track historically, people who focus on people, especially when times get hard, will have long will have businesses for a very very long time, and will have healthy businesses for a very very long time. And that is irrespective of industry. Chick Fil A's done it. They hit their two ten billion dollar year goal two years ahead of schedule. They make more money per store per year than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined because they, above everybody else, focus on people with a, a zealousy that, or there's like zealots that nobody, a zeal that nobody else can touch. And so you do that net, particularly right now. And I think you're going to really thrive through and out of this season. You know, I think uh, from, from, a, from an author standpoint, looking at authors, Chip, um, authors who are successful right now are providing a service, not selling a product. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard because all they want to do is say, well, my book can help someone. Um, and it can. But if you come across as only being a salesperson 24 seven, that's going to kill you. So it's providing that service. Bobby mm -hmm. makes a great point about being there for your community, whether it be virtual or in, you know, physically. Um, and it's providing people with information, with the service, with the point of view. Um, those types of things are, are extremely valued right now. And the ones that don't do it well, it shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I think that what you mentioned, Mike, is you got to have a point of view. I, I believe that this is the greatest time in the last 20 years to go out and get new business. Now, I, I don't think we can do it in the same old way, so don't misunderstand me. But I do think, yeah, you know, I have believed now for five or six years, at least since we started Signature in 2016, I have thought that we needed to spend uh, probably a disproportionate amount of money on branding and marketing and putting ourselves out there because eventually this time would come. And it, it's a time when... Uh, we've been riding a 10-year wave. Most of the advisors watching this have had the benefit of a 10-year bull market or somewhere you know, kind of in, in there if you started in between. And 
you know, clients' assets doubled or, or whatever they did, and we benefited from it. But you knew there was going to come a time when it couldn't always be that way. I got into the business in 1998, just before uh, the tech bubble burst. And I've told younger advisors, it was the best time to have gotten in the business because nobody was pissed at me. I didn't have any clients. They couldn't be <laughs> mad at me when the bubble burst and, 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 and you know, MindSpring got sold out, went out of business, whatever. I, it, it's, nobody was mad at me. But I knew, you know, then 15 years in that another time like this was going to come. And it's a great time to be able to be out there. And my encouragement to my clients has been and my encouragement to the advisors is don't miss the opportunity because it's here. If you've been waiting for it, it's here. And now is the time, I believe, to to learn what you need to learn and do what you need to do and invest in yourself, invest in it. You know, I, I think that that's the, you know, the point where we are, where, where either uh, you'll rise to the occasion or people will find a new advisor. And that's just the way that it is. And so I, I think that all these things that we're talking about, uh, you know, are, are things that you can take out and use. One of the reasons that, that we wanted to put this together right now is because you need it. We need to be doing it right now. now. Bobby, in terms of taking the message and then putting it out there, mm -hmm. and I don't want people to think, because if you share some of the things that we've been doing, I, I want to make clear, Wes did not know anything that we do, as far as I know. Did you, Wes? Did I tell you the things that we were doing right now? No. I don't think so. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Bobby, what are some of the things that we can do right now to take that pivoted message? Because I think Wes nailed it, and I think the idea, uh, I appreciate the reminder that our images and our wording is not hard to change for a financial advisor. It, it seems that way. We can't treat our uh, website like a billboard. And so, um, you know, the fact that that's not that hard to change, and if you don't know how to do it, you can find people who can, is a, a great um point how do we then take that bobby and um and use that as an advisor okay so i would say that's literally a note that i took when when wes said that um just change your messaging on your website change your pictures it's a quick and easy fix it is indeed a quick and easy fix if you're an advisor who has an in-house marketing person to make the fix for you or you're an advisor who dabbles in his own website and can get into your admin dashboard and update some things quickly, or if you have a great, fast agency that represents you. If that's not the case, if you cannot either do it yourself, reach out to somebody on your team or reach out to an agency that represents you and manages your website, to have something split on your website within 48 hours, you need to make a change now to whatever. Either hire somebody, learn how to manage your own dashboard or get a new agency. If you can't take it down and have something else up in 48 hours, no, I'm not talking an overhaul of your entire website. I don't expect you or any agency to, I would hope not say, sure, I'll take down your website and build you a new one. But it, we're talking about changing some text and changing some images and or, or putting up a landing page that is more relevant if you know that your brand is very tone deaf in this time, then just cover it up put up a landing page that is relevant and that's your quick fix. But if you can't do that or have somebody do that within 48 hours, you're in a 
a really bad place, a place that I would not want to be in as a business owner. And as an advisor, uh, maybe some advisors are employees, but a lot of advisors are, are business owners and are serving their own clients and running their own business. And they need to be able to take that kind of action and take it quick. So, um, by the way, I'm gonna. I don't want to get on a soapbox here. What you just said, Bobby, but it, the, we're dealing in websites. Like we're not launching astronauts to the space station. We're not in like we're not brain surgeons. We're not doing emergency middle of the night quadruple bypass. It's a website. Like mm-hmm. fourth graders can make them. Like they're not mm-hmm. that hard. And so if your agency can't turn to something. We're not trying to win awards. We're not trying to. We're not trying to impress ourselves. We're just trying to say: Are we speaking to the problems and the pain points and the challenges that people have? Doesn't have to be a ton of text, but make that pivot. You can find images. Images are usually easy, really easy to switch out to. Like, spend an, thirty minutes or an hour making that change, just like you would on somebody on your team. And you've probably done the last six weeks talking to your team about how do we need to communicate to our people. Your website is an extension of your team. It should be your twenty four seven sales rep. So invest in your website like you and review it like you would a team member and make those changes. And if, and I'll be honest, if you don't know how to do it or you're frustrated with your agency, uh, I can give you my contact information and we'll have, I'll chat with you about it, about what you should do, but don't be prisoner to somebody else's thing. Like I, I could go off on a whole thing about that. So especially I'll, I'll now. now, especially yeah. now, again, it's a website. You can literally change it in an hour. An hour and a half. Like, and I don't want to pound the table too hard, but we're in the investment business. Yeah. And, you know, if uh, I can't think, I never have been able to. Now, I may spend too much money, uh, but if it works, I, I'm cool with that. But it, it's a, if you, there are very few things that you can invest in right now. And, and the market's mm-hmm. down and, and, and there are lots of bargains out there. There are very few things, if any, that I believe that you can invest in uh, that are more valuable than invest in, in yourself. So if it comes to uh, writing a book or getting help with that, updating your website, you don't have to do it by yourself, but there's no way you can convince me that if you had five grand, 10 grand, whatever it is, that you'd be better off as a financial advisor today investing that in the market then you would be investing it in you, in your marketing, and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. We're in the investment business. And it's a vehicle to help you show up. It's not, um, it's not billboards anymore. It's giving people in your community access to you. So from a marketing standpoint, what we are doing, and Wes, this is why I said, did I talk to you about this beforehand? We are doing a webinar every single week as a company a live market update webinar where our lead investment strategist is showing up alongside Chip, our CEO, and they are on a webinar at 5.30 p.m. every Tuesday, and they are going over some market updates, answering questions, and, you know, doing Q&As through the webinar, doing polls through the webinar. People are showing up. People are appreciative of the information, and we are consistent. We are, we are there every Tuesday at 5.30, period. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing. We are also doing, which you also said, a push is what we're calling it, but it's a client Zoom meeting. And we're doing those every Friday at noon for our private clients. So some of our clients may show up for the live update webinars, but we have promoted this through our local chamber. We have promoted those online. We are promoting this for our community. Anybody and everybody can show up 
and get that information from somebody on a local level. Um, the power lunches that we're doing every Friday at noon is an open Zoom meeting. Our clients jump in. Again, 80-year-olds on their iPads to 30-year-olds who are, you know, attorneys and in their practice at their desk still. Everybody is showing up. Um, local organizations. So our last call, we invited in a couple local organizations that we support, um, which are people who feed the homeless, people who are doing things in our community that are very needed right now. So we brought them to come into that call and talk to our clients about what they can do as well. The biggest thing we've heard from our clients is we, we trust you guys to keep us informed and help us manage our investment. What we need right now is to know how can we show up in the community? How can we help? We'd like you guys to help us figure that out. So we brought on organization representatives to tell them exactly what you can do. Um, so we're really asking our clients what they need and we're delivering and we're doing it consistently. Um, a way, if you are a financial advisor that your company's not hosting big calls, you know, company-wide, you need to show up in your in your town in your community anyway. You can do it with if you say you have a broker dealer website and they manage everything for you and you don't have your own website that you can go in and control. You don't need a big website. You can get something. A couple simple suggestions would be Zoom. We're using Zoom right now. I think everybody at this point knows what Zoom is. Um, our elementary school students are using it every day. Our CEOs are using it every day. Everybody's on Zoom. Set up a Zoom account and set up your webinar. You don't even have to have a website to create a landing page for your webinar where you say what the webinar is, when the webinar is, and invite people to the webinar. And then when you share that link, whether you share it on social media, you share it to your clients, you ask your local chamber to share it for you, let them know what you're doing. You can give them a direct link to that Zoom webinar landing page if you want to. It's not ideal. That's not what I would want to use as your your sales page but if that's what you've got it absolutely works just fine you do not have to have a huge full website if you have any kind of an email platform um i would i would recommend if you want a suggestion um convert kit which is a really simple strategic um email platform that you can let people register and sign up and then communicate with them after via email Make sure that they get reminders for these events. Make sure that you're following up after with these events. The technology does not have to be extreme, um, and you don't need to have a marketing agency to do it. So set up a simple webinar. Set up a simple Zoom client meeting. Make sure you have an email capture set up so that you're collecting the names of people who show up so you can follow up with them. And if you're doing those things, you're doing more than most advisors. And important to point out, six weeks ago, we didn't know how to do a webinar. Mm -hmm. So this isn't one of those things where we knew how to do all of these things. It was a, we need to start doing something. What are some things we can do and do them and, and, and go out and, and you have to work with your, I mean, if you're in the broker dealer world, you have to work with your compliance department. There are some things that, I mean, you, you may have to have different kinds of, of things uh, software wise, but, you know, the thing is, 
if you want to do it, you can find a way. We, we have, uh, again, gone from zero to twice a week, every week. And I've, I've been shocked. Um, first off, uh, the day after our last call, where one of the uh, charities was a local food bank, the next day I saw in the paper where they got uh, a local company to donate a million servings. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was because of the of the zoom call. Cause it probably wasn't, but I did have a couple of emails of folks who uh, wanted the contact information for that place to be mm-hmm. able to help. And it made them feel engaged. It made them feel like they could do something. And again, I just want to reiterate, you don't have to already be doing all these things to start now. You just have to put in the work on the front and end. Nor does it need to be fully baked, right? So you can maybe your webinar is 10 minutes long to start you just to get going. And then over time, you perfect that and you refine that. I think you don't need to, to have something so completely well done out the gate, recognizing that you just need to get that information out there. Um, so the website might not be this beautiful image, everybody, you know, but it might just be you know, something quick and, and, but, but it gets the point across. And I think the point across is the big, is the big takeaway is, you know, you have to do that. You can't spend three weeks thinking about it like we would normally do because we don't have that kind of time. Right. It's definitely true. So Mike, then tell me, let's, let's pivot this to you. So Wes said, check your website, check your messaging, make sure you're not phone deaf, get everything up to date. Um, Then get, something up for your marketing, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a landing page, get it connected to an email list so that you're capturing these people so that you can follow up with them. Um, now, once we've done that, tell me, I know I think that a lot of people think now is not a time to go pitching yourself to your local press and trying to get media coverage about your business because you're going to sound salesy. If you're not going out with the intention of selling something, we're going out with the intention of serving our community. We we did not get any new clients or new income or new revenue streams by helping our clients find local charities that they could be helping right now, answering their questions. That's completely unrelated to their investments or their business with us. Um, so don't go selling yourself. That's not the point. Show up as a human in your community and do what you can do. Um, so. How do we do that right now, Mike? Can we send out a press release right now? Can we be contacting the media? What can we do and what should we say if we do? So I think the answer is yes. I don't think you have to stop everything you're doing. I think you need to be very aware of what you're putting out there. I think you need to cut right to the chase, right? So in other words, give the benefit, uh, as I said before, the, that, the takeaway with the bullets, whatever they are, media loves bullets, so we'll use that um, right away, right up front. Um, you know, publicists tend to, and, and people pitching themselves tend to want to use a thousand words when 10 will do. So you really need to, to keep that very, very um, focused and targeted. Uh, but it's absolutely, it's appropriate to continue to pitch yourself. Um, I would just be, you know, you don't want to be very, uh, again, tone deaf is the word that I keep reading about in, in the PR press. I keep reading about the business press about the, the dangers of that. So you want to be really be re, be really focused. Provide that service. Target your message so you're not saying again. We said this earlier. You're not going. You know this is not the blanket approach. Now you're very very um, focused and finite. For example, if you have a local uh, reporter that you know that loves you know tips for seniors or or tip for retirees, and you know there's a column. She has a column. You know 
it's not a bad idea to send a quick note saying, if you're looking for content, I have some points that, you know, that I've included below. I'd love to hear from you and talk further. It could be that short. Um, use social media. You know, you mentioned LinkedIn, which seems to be relatively unaffected in terms of the content. It's still pretty, pretty, uh, pretty spread out there. But social media nowadays is the one area that people are feeling empowered to continue to, to communicate on. Um, so in LinkedIn, I love the LinkedIn articles. Um, uh, Wes mentioned videos. I love videos. I think a one-minute video, I'm a huge fan of that. It's such a better way to get your point across. People can see you, interact with you. So use that. Um, if you have an email list, you're absolutely right, Bobby. I wouldn't be sending out you know, five emails a week. Um, but you know, communication, I think it's never been more important time to communicate with people. Um, so you can pitch yourself, you can pitch your business, but just be cognizant of, of the environment that you're pitching in. You also may not get a response for seeing that too, where people are just not as, as responsive, but it is absolutely still okay to keep going out there. Um, and, and just recognize that if you're going to be pitching, you know, somebody that may be affected themselves, what that might be like on the other end. Right. So, um, to, you know, keep that in mind as you do your outreach, but we're still pitching media. We're still getting, we're still getting responses. Uh, that has not been a closed door necessarily. Can you talk about what that would look like on a more local level? Say a financial advisor is in a small town. Um, he, he should be pitching himself in the small town. Maybe he's not trying to get in Forbes or Business Insider, but he needs to be in the local media so that people do know that he's out there, know what he's doing, know that he is a source for this information and will show up to his live webinars every week or will um, come to him and his company for advice. What can we do on a, a kind of a, a small town, which a lot of our advisors are in, yeah. a local community? What's an actionable, practical way Pitch ourselves. So, firstly, again, continue to do that. You don't have to stop doing that, uh, but but you want to call out what are you offering, right? So, don't be generic. Be very specific. Give them specific takeaways that they could see, and either their their readers are going to want to benefit from, or they themselves are going to want to benefit from. Um, and think about if it's a webinar, you know, again, provide all that information in terms of where, when, why. Give that you know, short and sweet. This is. It's, it's so important nowadays, especially with local media who are doing 500 things at once and scattered around the world and probably also scattered in, in their homes trying to deal with everything else to, to be you know, cut right to that chase. And it's, it's, that's the hardest thing that I'm working with my clients on is distilling that message down because they, they want to begin with this long flowing paragraph about why they're getting in touch. Second, they want to talk about what they're doing. Just, just get to the point um, and be be aware of that. There is still, if you if you're on, you know, there's a local, uh, there's a network called Patch, P A T C H, which is big um, here in New Jersey, but it's also all over. It's local news. My Patch is constantly sending me alerts about local news, not just virus related. It's what's happening in the community. You know, there's there's porch concerts that they're doing where different musicians are gathering on different porches that are out, of course, um, and putting out these, these you know all these local concerts. So. There is still a thirst for local news. There's a thirst for content. Um, so just you know, know that going in. Number one and number two, again, distill your points down, uh, or work with a publicist to do so. That can really help you pull those things out um, because there is still a need to fill it to fill that column space, if you will. And I, I think that Wes nailed it earlier when people search for clarity, and, and right now, whether it's the 
press or our clients and prospects the ability to boil it down and to uh, do it in a way that they can understand where they're not using a bunch of brain cells to figure it out. You know, this isn't about us. You know, we're in a people business. I, I said earlier, we're in the investment business. I believe we're in a people business. And press are people too. And I think that, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I, I probably didn't understand that until I married somebody who had spent time in TV. And, you know, uh, the reminder that you can just treat them like regular people and follow them on Twitter and send them an email and, and just treat them like a regular person. And check their home too. You know, they're, they're stuck at home too. And they may be stuck in a small apartment. They may be stuck all of a sudden their children are home. There's thousands. They're in the exact same boat as you are. And it's okay to sort of identify in that way, sort of commiserate that way. Most definitely. Well, Wes, I, I see you've got something else you want to add. I was going to say to piggyback off what Mike just said, like there's so there's a void of, um, of clarity. There's an opportunity though, for people who are actually experts to speak up on things like Mike, you probably would have never guessed that four or five weeks ago, we would have seen hand-washing experts on good morning America. Like who knew that was a thing? Yeah. But it's because we're searching because the impact of this thing is so far reaching. There's opportunities. There's also a, a huge opportunity for good news. Like if y'all aren't watching the some good y'all watching some good news on YouTube, the John Krasinski who plays mm-hmm. Jack Ryan and he's Jim. Mm-hmm. That whole YouTube, that whole show he's doing on YouTube is genius. Right. It's so fun. It's if you haven't watched it, go watch all the episodes today. But like there's opportunities to do good. There's also, I think, an opportunity for Bobby, back to your point a minute ago about can you be a beacon of hope in the community? Like, how do you leverage your community influence, not necessarily to do things to grow your business, but how can, if you're a natural connector, how do you connect people and resources and needs? And there's a, a, a local ice cream, it's called an ice cream pub because they have alcohol infused ice cream, but there's a ice cream shop in our house that's, in, it's, the, guy's, the guy owns it has won like national ice cream awards, which who knew that was even a thing, but he's a grand champion of something. <laughs> Anyways, They've been shut down. They've been struggling. So a local insurance agent, and he he made the news because he went and bought like 1,500 scoops of ice cream or something, and then they had it delivered to local assisted living facilities and nursing homes and just bring a scoop of ice cream to 1,500 people. And that guy got publicity and the news came out because we are thirsty for that kind of content, and we're thirsty for being doing good. So how can you be generous with your connections? How can you be generous with your influence? How can you be generous with your knowledge? In this whole season, the number one thing to remember is generosity is a huge advantage, and generosity will carry you through this thing and come out really, really strong on the other side. Exactly. So I, I read some research the other day that said that the only three things that that this group's data uh, suggested that messaging that was important right now was number one was helping people, mm-hmm. number two was safety, and number three was trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, really, I mean, how do you describe what a financial advisor should be doing any better than than those three things? Um, and so, you know, I just, it's a perfect storm for those of us who want to, you know, get out there and, and meet the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Bobby, what, what's one thing kind of as we begin to wrap up, uh, what's one thing that somebody could do today? That and, and then I'll let you kind of pass the ball to either of these other guys. What's one thing that somebody can do today to not waste the opportunity? 
I think that getting some kind of a vehicle, whether let's go with webinar, let's just stick to that. Get a Zoom account if you don't have one, test and play around with setting up your first webinar and send out an email today saying when the date of your first webinar is going to be locally. And then get it set up from a tech standpoint, make sure that it's connected in some way, even honestly in Zoom, it, it captures those leads for you. It emails the reminders and invites for you. If you have only one tool, you can do it with only Zoom as your tool. So, and you may have to do some things manually, like exporting into your email database and such later. But one thing, get Zoom, set up a webinar, let people know when it's happening. And I'll, I'll pass to the other two. I, I could go on and say, also write a press release, a short one, let them know you're doing the webinars. Also call your agency, but I'll pass, I'll pass it to them. I'll, um, I'll step back at that. Get Zoom, set up a webinar, let people know what's happening, period. Mike, how about you? What do you think? Yeah, I would, and I, you know, amplify it. Don't just, don't just get something created and not tell the world about it. Uh, use social media, you know, send out a short blast. Uh, you know, if, if you know, you know, five or 10 local reporters or even, even state reporters, uh, whatever that level is, reach out to them. The other thing too is don't reach out to them when you need something, reach out to check in. Uh, if you've read a story, for example, that they recently wrote that you think resonates with you, reference that. So um, don't be afraid to tell people what you're doing. Um, and again, it doesn't need to be a fully baked 25, 30 minute with 50 PowerPoint slide presentation. It could just be a quick Q&A. And then as you evolve it over time, you'll find the, the formula and the balance that works for you. But just be out there because when I think people who aren't out there are doing themselves a disservice and their clients as well. All right, Wes. Um, I would say I'm going to break the rules, Chip. You said one thing. I I can't count good, so I'm going to say two things. One is <laughs> review your website and ask: Is anything that we're seeing or saying appear tone deaf or disconnected from reality? So change your images and change your text. The second thing I would say is think of the three to five most common questions you have heard directly from clients in the last six weeks. Write those down. Write down the answers. And then go to, you know, send it to compliance, get approval, but then put it on LinkedIn as an article, put it on your website as an article, make it a video, make it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, like put it, just start doing that. Even if you just do one at a time, right? just start answering questions, providing clarity and step into the gap to be the guide to help lead people through this out of confusion and into clarity. You do that and I, I'll, I would be, I would be willing to bet a lot of chips money that you're going to do really well. <laughs> well, I'm willing to bet a lot of chips money that you'll do really well too. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it, because I have, and, and look, I, as we wrap up, I, I just want to encourage you first, if you've made it this long, you're committed. Okay. We've been on for uh, over an hour. You're committed. You've heard tons of things that if you'll do any of them, you'll prosper in this environment. So my encouragement to you is that you pick one and do it. You know, we wrapped up with the three things, but there've been tons. I have pages of notes here. And if you think that you can't, we will list these folks. I've used both of them, uh, still use both of them and I couldn't recommend them highly enough. If you want access to Bobby, you can come and, and work with us at, uh, 
Signature Wealth, but uh, we're also happy to help. The reason that we do this podcast is to help you because I think that you know we're just in a place where we're better together, and uh, this is a good example of that. Bringing together this group uh, of folks, um, invest in yourself. Now's the time. You won't get a better time, whether it's hiring a publicist, redoing your website, uh, advertising in a smart way with all the ideas that we've shared. It doesn't get any better uh, in terms of timing than this. You just have to believe in yourself and do it and know that it's not that hard. You know, we, we started a podcast, didn't know how to do it. We shot a commercial that we're going to use for a, what, what is a, amounts to a commercial that we're going to use for a Facebook ad with a bunch of team members and our cell phones. People aren't looking for you to be perfect right now. You have a, this is a free pass to learn anything that you want to learn and put it out there because nobody's expecting you to be perfect. I watched Good Morning America this morning and Robin Roberts is shooting from her home. We've seen concerts from home. People are doing all kinds of things from a cell phone now. And so if you're ever worried that you had to do it just right, this is your time. And it won't ever be the same. I don't believe that we're going to be the same after this. And so I just encourage you, you're having to deal with all this stuff now. At least get the benefit of coming out of the other side of it with new capabilities, with having been there for your people and for your community. And um, make it a great week. You know, I'm excited. Thanks for joining us, uh, either by video or audio. Bobby, one last thing. Anything from you? My last thing is we know that you're a financial advisor and that you're under a lot of compliance restrictions. I work with a lot of advisors and submit everything that we do personally to our compliance department. So compliance is hard, but it is not an excuse to not do this stuff. So figure it out, jump those hurdles, adjust what you need to adjust, but get something out there and start moving. You can't show up if you don't. So don't use compliance as an excuse. And we know it's hard. Yeah, I I live it every day right along with you. Um, And yeah, I would just tell you that, again, I believe we're better together. Uh, I believe we're meant to be in community. And uh, you're welcome to join us on Facebook in our Facebook community to come out, uh, commiserate together, share ideas, or you can reach out to me directly anytime. Chip at SigWealthPartners.com. And uh, I'll be happy to connect you with any of these folks uh, or all of them and, uh, and share any other ideas, whether it's um, technology and equipment. Uh, most of the stuff for this call uh, above and beyond Zoom you can do for less than $100 in, in equipment and lighting, um, any of that kind of stuff. Just reach out. We're happy to help. And uh, we want to meet you in this time to help you uh, be there for others. So we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Wes, Mike, Bobby, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Stay healthy. To download what we believe is the single most important marketing, selling, and positioning tool for your practice, go to MaximumAdvisor.com scorecard now. Subscribe to this show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at MaximumAdvisor.com.